3: podcasts. Podcasts.
1: look man Where? oh i see wow oh my oh look over there wow is that Ooh. culture oh yes goodness oh, wow yeah. las culturistas ding dong las culturistas calling in really good moods
0: because you know what it's the weather it's the weather on both coasts at the moment we're recording this on sunday the 26th of march yeah and it's nice in new york it's nice in la i don't know what it's like in our guest city right now, we'll have him trying to.
1: How layer. are things in Glockamora?
0: Glockamora?
1: Do you understand what that is reference to? Oh no,
0: I don't. I hate it when this happens. It's from the Broadway musical Finian's Rainbow, mm. and there's a song called "How Are Things in Glockamora? Now, why would you say that?
1: Well, just because it's sort of. <laughs> no. Now, why would you say that? Not now. Why would you say that? I don't know. I was having fun. I'm sorry. I said we were. I said we were in good moods and sort of pattering the ball back and forth, you know, like you do with balls. And I sort of just decided to go with something. And you sort of shamed me, Queen. No,
0: Queen, I didn't mean to. (laughs) You know, I was thinking of you this morning. I woke up. I You were? I miss my friend Matt Rogers.
1: (laughs) You said that to yourself? I said that out loud to no one. Ugh you sort of sent me a photo last night of you and the girls at iconic New York party event horse meat disco Mm -hmm. and I was a little bit jealous but not super jealous because I am avoiding those spaces because I have a new rule right now which is no new gay men I don't trust them I don't want to talk to them if you have to introduce yourself to me keep it moving but I'm happy that you wanted to go to that event I needed to
0: because I was so hermetic in London for two weeks I was like losing my mind I was like I I gotta go out. Totally. Mm-hmm. I have to like release this. And guess what? It worked. Did you twirl? We twirled. And guess what we did? We went to like this side room where it was like the energy ah. was not quite dark room, but it was like much hornier. But it was me, it was it was the hens. It was me, Josh, Aaron, Patrick, Rogers, Matt Whitaker. We all went to this back room and we just screamed at each clucked. other in and it in a, clucked in a full conversation. And then the bit was ah. dark room, more like red table talk.
1: It oh, was Oh, like, I love that. We were chatting, we were healing. And that doesn't happen. And who says that the dark room can't become the red table? And that's a rule of culture <laughs> number 48. Who says, <laughs> says the dark room dark can't, can't become, become the red, red table? table? Sometimes all the girls in the dark room, they need the red table the most. Like, we need to really come to the red table sometimes when we're in the dark room. Absolutely. And horse meat disco, more like chicken feed <laughs> dance off.
0: Period. Period.
1: Oh my god, wow. I'm so happy the energy is so good. Maybe it's the weather. Maybe you know what we just said before we got on here? Channing Nicholas was right. Let's go to the beach. <laughs> Did Jenny Nicholas say, "Let's go to the beach?" No, but she did say that things were turning around. Yeah. And we need to get Chani on the pod, I feel. 1000%. Oh
0: my. I was just meditating to her like 10 minutes ago. Okay, that's that this is going to be a huge
1: moment for the pod going forward when we do have Chani as a guest. But I will say so there was that iconic week a couple of weeks ago where she said, guys, this is not the week. Everyone stop what you're doing. Stop. And it really was a truly awful week. Yeah, and then the yeah. next week, I was still feeling in the doldrums really, really yep. bad. Yep. Yet, Channing came on and she was like, I know, but you have to use today because I believe it was the Equinox. And she was like, you have to use today to, to put S- projects in motion and set yeah. your intention and put energy into things that you want to like see through. And I did that. And things are happening. Huh. Things are happening. And our guest in his book, The Best Strangers in the World, says he doesn't believe in any of this bullshit. Which I was him
0: once. So was I. On the record, on this podcast, I was like, I don't understand this stuff. I've read too many Carl Sagan books to right. buy into this. Same. Listen, Channy is someone, if any readers, Katie's publicists out there are on that level, Channy is someone who like puts it in very understandable, approachable terms. It's not even too, I would say, like, mystic. It's Mm -hmm. just very, like, straightforward. And it's usually just about, like, reflecting and writing down your intentions. Like, pretty, like, full-stop healthy things.
1: Yes, you described it to me as, she's a scientist. And when you said to me, she's a scientist, I said, well, I'm on board. There you go. I would challenge anyone, including our guests, to sort of grapple with this statement, okay? I'm just going to say this right now. And just know this changed everything for me. Our bodies are over 75% water. Uh. How can you expect that we would not be affected by the moons, the tides? Oh my God. Did she say that? No, she didn't say that, but someone did who I don't remember. But whoever they were changed my life because I went from being like, I don't believe in that to someone saying that to me. And then I was like, Not only do I believe in it, but I'm making it a large part of my personality going forward. In you as a water sign, that's on period. (laughs) As a water sign, that's actually on uh, aquatic period. Aquatic period. We mentioned (sighs) our guest in passing. Yes, we did. And I'm going to do RuPaul right now. And my new thing is I'm saying how I meet people like RuPaul would say it. I met our guest in Mexico City in 2021. It was New Year's. I was with my sister, Bowen Yang, and we connected and shopped together the next day after a night out on the talent at the store boyfriend shirt. And I had active COVID-19. And I, I'm telling you, I had active COVID-19. <laughs> I did not know about it. And we shopped in a small store together and I immediately texted our guest. I said, do you have the coronavirus-19? And he said, no. So not only is this person an author, the host of All Things Considered, the legendary NPR host. I mean, just like man, myth, legend, performer. I mean, have you heard of Pink Martini? I mean, like, it's just like, there's there's so much underneath the gorgeous uh, visage of this man and also know he is very much bella ramsey in the last of us and that he needs his brain removed and needs to be studied because he is COVID immune yes it will cure humanity if they
0: study his brain
1: this man is the vaccine this
0: man is the vaccine can i just say you know who listens to all things considered every day in the car my mother yeah, i was gonna say
1: I was going right, to say is
0: because I'm sure our guest gets like, oh, my my parents love you. And like, mm-hmm. certainly I put on NPR doing the dishes in the bathroom, doing mm-hmm. the routine. Mm-hmm. This man is in my ear. But for my mother to like choose to listen to an English language program. Wow. Huge deal. Huge deal. You cannot get her to watch anything or listen to anything. That is not in Mandarin Chinese, mm-hmm. like except when it is undeniably essential, mm-hmm. and that is a big deal. Two
1: words, undeniably, undeniably essential. essential, kind of redundant. It's a frontrunner for title of app, undeniably essential. The new book is the best strangers in the world. It is quite excellent, a read, quite readable. I read this. I was like, I'm gonna need like five days to read this. I'm
0: a slow reader. I read this in three.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We loved it. Beautiful stories from a beautiful Uh, life. Well lived. I've also been sent an iconic three copies of it from PR. And I want to say thank you because I absolutely love having a gift to give because I can't think of a better gift to give than the book by our guest. And this is a moment in time. I know readers, publicists, Katie's who identify as hashtag actually smart are (laughs) absolutely over the moon today to welcome into our ears, our guests. Ari Shapiro! Oh my
4: god, you guys! You have given me so much over the years—entertainment, fashion, <laughs> advice, fashion, thought, laughs. That's the only thing you have not given me is COVID nineteen. Truly, I oh, know.
1: And let me tell you, I was a fountain of
4: COVID. <laughs> like I, 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 it
0: was like peak peak contagion. <sighs> if only you had spit in my drink. I know. <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> that was a fun night, and I, I—that was my last night there. We all mm-hmm. went out. That was mm-hmm. very fun. That was the night that I'm in too. Yeah, yep, on that, that was, rooftop that
4: was... bar.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And you know what was so meaningful to me was seeing what? over the course of the year that followed all of the flowers that bloomed for both of you. Mm. From Fire Island mm. to I Love That For You to Wicked. To, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's been so glorious. This, in a way, feels like a full circle moment where we're able to reconvene and appreciate The amazing harvest
0: you have both reaped.
1: That is too nice. That
0: is so nice. I don't know what to say.
1: But this this man is, here's the thing. He's a host in all ways. Like, here he is making us, fluffing us on our own podcast. Obviously, (laughs) an iconic host in his own right. And I'll say, I've had dinner at the man's home in Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia, as many people say. Mm. This man can cook. He can cook. It's unbelievable. Secret
4: ingredient is love. I
1: just pour a lot of love
4: into it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There is a culture out there of from my garden. There is a from my garden culture there. Mm -hmm. People who get to say say the words from my garden, my garden, (sighs) blessed bunch. I know that I'm a
4: cliche, but yeah, no, I garden, I grow vegetables and I'm going to just come clean about this. I have a garden coach. I have this amazing Urban farmer who every two weeks comes over and tells me how not to kill all the organic vegetables oh, I'm growing, yeah. and I'm oh, not ashamed wow. to admit that they are from this incredible small local queer women-owned company called Love and Carrots, and love it's like the and love carrots. Carrots best decision that I made in the oh, pandemic.
1: Oh my god, you have a trainer. That's like I, have a trainer. Of, like, I have a I trainer. I have an organic
4: vegetable
0: <laughs> trainer. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I oh, have professional god. help. No, that's perfect. At this point, I need a task rabbit for everything. Not that I actually hire them, but it's like I need someone to tell me. But it's like at a certain point, I'm just like helpless. Literally, like all I can do is get help. You cannot (laughs) be expected to be good
4: at literally everything. You cannot be expected to be an expert at everything. And if you have an opportunity to bring in somebody to share their gifts and talents with you and economically support them at the same time, it's a win-win-win. There you you go. go. That's my feeling about the thing.
1: This is pro task rabbit culture, and I've always been very pro task rabbit too. <laughs> pro, because they, this is pro gig economy. This is pro gig economy. Lost <laughs> culture just yes. pro gig economy. Uh,
0: yes, we support
1: it. We support. I just say, <laughs> if Bowen, if you want to figure out how to do all these things yourself, just have the task rabbit come over and then watch intently.
4: Right. Yeah. It's the whole give a person <laughs> a fish, teach
0: a person teach to a fish person. thing. Thank you, Jesus. Teach yeah.
1: a person to fish. Watch that motherfucker fish.
0: Yeah. Film the person fishing. Kill the person yeah, yeah. fishing? Cut no, off start film. living their life. I said life. film, film. Oh, I, I
1: thought you said kill. <laughs> hmm,
0: <laughs> where I'm at. Took a turn. How is this book tour? How are you doing? Yeah.
4: It is so incredible. I keep waiting for the experience of signing books to become just a repetitive hand cramp activity. But every mm. time I'm doing it, I feel just in sort of shock that these words that I wrote in private on my laptop wondering if anybody would ever want to read them or have the opportunity to read them are now going out into the world and being consumed by people. And as I meet people, like it's just, you know, radio is this very strange medium where you might reach an enormous audience as you both know with your podcast, but Mm. you don't often have the opportunity to engage with them because Mm. they're listening in their car or their kitchen or wherever and you may never meet them. And now I'm like, actually going from city to city and meeting people who are telling me that they listen to what I have to say and they're reading the words that I wrote. And it's this really meaningful experience. So it's a like ambitious 11 city tour with a crazy itinerary, but I'm so thrilled to be doing it. Like originally I was supposed to be New York, Philly, Boston, DC, which makes sense. And then Dallas was like, oh, we want you to come visit. And I had one extra day. So I went Philly, Dallas, Boston, and mm-hmm. met some amazing people in Dallas and went two-stepping at a country western gay bar called the Roundup Saloon. Like, I'm having a great time. I'm really uh, just loving this
1: experience. Oh, that's the best. Travel show. Travel show Ferrari Shapiro. I'm down. I mean sign me up. You know what it's like to be on the road. You go out with Alan all the time.
4: Yes. So Alan Cumming and I made this show with your friend and mine. Henry, Henry Kapersky. Kapersky, The magic words. And as soon as I finish this book tour, we are all convening at the Cafe Carlisle in New York for a two-week run. There we go.
0: Oh, amazing. It's
4: the most fun thing I've ever done to just like bounce around the country with Alan and Henry. And mm. you know, like we do this show where we just make ourselves laugh and hopefully make the audience laugh too. And we sing songs together and we it's never quite the same at any two nights. Um, and Alan, I mean, you've both met him, you know magic magic man like Mm -hmm. mentor friend Mm -hmm. older brother figure just the kindest most generous selfless joyful person i've ever met
0: yeah i love the chapter the essay what would you call i gosh i never know what to call them chapter Chapter and a memoir story essay either yeah whatever lovely chunk chunk i love the chunk where (laughs) because this is the dream right when you're performing with someone else on stage is that they put you at ease. Mm-hmm. Totally, you described like people asking you like, "Oh, it must be really intimidating to perform with yeah. someone of Alan's stature or whatever." And for you to say, "No, it's the opposite," is yeah. huge. Well, because it's like if I jump, I know he'll catch me. If mm-hmm. our
4: show is going off the tracks, he is so talented and experienced and gifted he knows how to get it back on the tracks. So I just have to like get up there and have a good time with him. And in the moments when we do forget what we're supposed to do, it's brilliant, it's fun, it's a moment that the audience experiences that will never be quite that way again. I'm sure you've both had this experience where you're doing a scene or a show or something with somebody who has so much more experience, talent and expertise than you that you just feel like, oh, they've got this. I can relax and I know that they can steer me where I need to go. But then you still get better in the process of just like... totally.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you level up. Yep. It's that thing of when you feel comfortable enough, and I'm ad nauseum about this on this podcast, I feel, but I do feel it's the best advice ever for a performer, which is when you feel comfortable enough to start really having fun, that's Mm -hmm. when the audience feels like they're having fun. Like truly, I, I mean, I always credit it. It's in Amy Poehler's book. Yes, please. She said the hack is if you're having fun, they're having fun. And so... Even in a very intimidating atmosphere where, you know, you're performing at, say, the Hollywood Bowl, as Mm -hmm. you have. Or alongside Alan Cumming, where there is probably, not for nothing, but a ticket buyer who expects a certain degree of excellence. And I would imagine also someone that's coming that's like an NPR ticket buyer is not necessarily not going (laughs) to be thinking about the value of their dollar. Oh, but you know know, the great
4: thing about that scenario is they come in with such low expectations for me that it's very easy. For you. (laughs) Like, if I can carry a tune, they're like, oh, okay, you can carry a tune. like. Alan Cumming won a Tony. People come yes, in being like, sure I expect a Tony award win, actually two Tonys. I expect uh-huh, a Tony yeah. award winning performance. And then there's that other guy who's a journalist. And so then when right. I can like <laughs> harmonize with Alan, people are like, Yeah, oh, they're thrilled. Can- yeah, it's amazing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And of course, Henry Kapersky, the third, we call him the vegan meat in our sandwich. <laughs> um, we couldn't <laughs> do it without that. him. He's just the such a perfect. Meat foil. He's such a perfect sort of like, you know, straight man in the corner. And we sort of toy with him throughout the show.
1: I mean, Ugh. listen, you're talking to someone who knows quite a bit about toying with Henry toying on with stage. Him. Toying with Henry's meat. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, oh, uh, yeah, right. Vegan meat. He, vegan meat. Vegan meat. He, um, he really is. He's just, he is a perfect foil. I mean, mm-hmm. like it's just me up there talking and I'll reference him and he is like the other half of my act on stage but he is in musically he's so able to get on the page right right there I mean he's truly a super oh my god unbelievable so the
4: other day as you know Matt I said to Henry look I want to do a version of CeeLo Green's song fuck you but I want to do it (laughs) like in an earnest Josh Groban style with an accompaniment that's sort of like (laughs) early Pasek and Paul
0: and he was like got you And he did it. And I was like, okay, here we go. And can we just say, it is like an actual skill and talent to be like played off of in Mm -hmm. that sense, right? Where it's Mm -hmm. like you're an accompanist or you're you're at the keys, you're on display, like you're Mm -hmm. on stage just as much as someone, like as like either of you. And Mm -hmm. you kind of have to like do something technical, which is to play the music, but also like roll with like the vibe of this sh- of the show and like smile yeah. and like play along with like yeah. everything that's happening it is a true talent that i think is undersung yeah absolutely and when you look at the people who henry has worked with from
4: yes. those of us present here to like greta titleman meow meow larry owens alan Cumming, like the list of people who he has made
1: better than we actually are is long Mm. i will say my favorite person he's ever played for when i released my special which henry and i made together and i posted a separate like grid post like that was just all for him the last picture i posted in like the carousel was him and vanessa williams Mm. because i'll just never forget when he got to play for vanessa williams and i thought that was so amazing and that was like early on what like before he was like you know, literally pals with you and Alan Cumming. And like, it wasn't a surprise to see him in like whatever country. Like I never know where in the world he is anymore. It's one of the <laughs> proudest times I ever, I mean, it's it's the proudest I've ever been when I hear what he's doing. And um, just because I knew him truly when, like my image of Henry is like him covered in sweat, like carrying a keyboard up, up, upstairs. You know what I mean? Like going from thing to thing, like truly being like, you know, obviously deeply appreciated by the comedy community, but we were not able to appreciate him financially Financially, the way that we were, that we should have been. And now I take great pleasure in being able to like give him these opportunities and like treat him the way that he deserves to be treated because we finally can. But I just remember like, Back in the day, the Vanessa Williams thing, I was like, yeah, mm. she's like a legit superstar. You got to play with her. And it's my favorite I love favorite that the photo. Reader's
4: Publicist, Katie's, know Henry as like a character on this podcast. Oh, even for you. Like recurring uh, guest star, even yeah. though he's never actually made, <laughs> made an
1: appearance. No, no he, he has. He oh, wait, has.
4: Oh, my. when Early, early days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Early days. Yeah,
1: he got his own episode. I came to it
4: late. <laughs> I have to go back into the archives.
1: You do? It's that would excellent. be a really interesting listen because I think we were dating at the time. And I also oh. think, oh, that was like right after Trump was elected, though. And I remember he had gotten to meet Michelle Obama. Do you know this? Has Henry ever told no. you this story? Oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. My publicist, Joseph Papa, showed me this.
4: Yeah. I did not. And I had to just like last week say to Henry, following? how did I not know that this was you?
0: Of course, I've seen this viral video yeah. with Jimmy Fallon is what you're yep. talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yes. Oh my God, of course. Oh my God, that was that was huge. That was so special. It
1: was such a horrible time yeah. because yeah. he had, Trump had just been elected and everyone was truly, it was horrible. Henry and I were living together, I believe still in South Slope. And he was going to go do this bit on The Tonight Show where you had to tell a picture of Michelle Obama like what she meant to you I feel like now knowing what we know like you know Michelle Obama right coming out, for some reason he didn't <laughs> and she came out and gave him a hug and thanked him and it was just you know there's not a more beautiful from the inside out person than him and to see him get that moment and receive that moment and like it, you know he really felt like all of us in a way like and I was just overflowing and then we talked about that on the episode that was a very emotional time but yeah talk about just like a superstar inside mm-hmm. and out that's Henry I mean yeah. and you can't if you're a, if you're someone that wants to book him for December you can't have him he's mine for that's de- Christmas all of December time for the rest of my life period. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> what is it first option no first position sorry that's first, he's
1: meant. in first position with me for all of Christmas
0: that's right Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try
1: new Bubbly Burst.
0: When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in
1: way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach, anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But and we have truly traveled the world globally and We're all going together, the Lost Cult family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline.
3: From original art and diplomas to ticket stubs and the keys to your first home, we all have mementos we'd love to put on display. FrameBridge is the easy and affordable way to custom frame just about anything with fair upfront pricing based on the size of your item and fast, free shipping. Plus, your happiness is guaranteed. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started. That's FrameBridge.com.
0: Speaking of the Obamas. Yes. This weird thing that I've clung on to from the book, Ari, is that you describe being an Air Force One. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know why this is sticking with me, but you're like... Describing eating, I think, spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah. And I think yeah. you wrote the line, the food on Air Force One tends to lean heavy. Yes. Talk about that. What is that about? Well, even
4: after Michelle Obama did her whole Let's Move, Eat Healthy, Improving School Lunches thing. Oh,
1: I loved Let's Move. Well, we <laughs>
4: on, in the press corps, in the back of Air Force One, would still, for lunch, be served like, a slab of meatloaf and mashed potatoes. And we would be like, why is this happening when the first lady is encouraging consumption of fresh, healthy meals? And we speculated that it was because they wanted to keep us sedated and lethargic. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to ask the president tough questions if you're in a food coma, and nope. so our theory never proven was that they were trying to keep us down by overfeeding us heavy meals yeah. on air force interesting one. i think that that makes a lot of sense uh, it's just yeah. a theory we need an investigative reporter to get on that i mean you were too tired totally. to
1: investigate
4: it <laughs> i mean look this was <laughs> yeah. the obama administration so things may have changed for all i know there's now an air force one salad bar but at the time there was a real dearth of vegetables. That's
1: so funny. Can I ask about Obama in person? So you describe him sort of coming up and like, you know, asking how's lunch and like being very present and you being in his immediate vicinity many times. Is it giving star quality? (laughs) Yeah, in the sense that, so like there's sort of
4: paparazzi star quality and then there's Mm -hmm. I'm so comfortable in my own skin that I don't need to tell you that I'm a star star quality and he always he really gives off kind of bro vibes basketball player vibes like he always just seemed super chill super laid back Very relaxed. Uh And actually, so my husband worked in the Obama White House. We overlapped for like one year, which was an interesting moment. Um, Mm. He was a White House lawyer. And so he kind of had a different perspective on the president from me. But he describes him the same way as just sort of like kind of bro. Chill. Chill. Chill Uh president. Yeah. That first time I met him, I remember. So I'm like sitting in my chair in Air Force One and he's standing literally right next to the armrest taking questions. And I remember looking up at him and I saw razor bumps on his neck. Yeah. yeah. You
1: talk about this in the book.
4: It was like, it was my first time on Air Force One and I had never been quite that close to the president. And I just remember thinking like, oh, this is just a normal dude. Like he's a guy who shaves in the morning and gets razor bumps like Hmm. anyone else. And he had been such a larger than life figure any president you know like the symbol the hail to the chief the like trappings of the office right the big, but especially him totally and in that moment i was just like oh he's just a guy like any of us mm-hmm. right. it humanized him for me the razor bumps were the thing i latched onto i affected <laughs> to <laughs> Cathacted.
0: Yeah.
4: isn't that a great word i, I love, love that, that word, word.
0: cathexis mm. Which which is even cooler because once you throw the X in there, it's like... Uh, Any word is better with an X in it. And
1: that's a a rule of culture.
0: mm, That's a rule of culture.
1: What number is that, Bowen? That's rule of culture number 26. Any Any word word is better better with an X in it. I was just trying to reference a word that had x. Xanax. Xanax, mm. a great word. <laughs> it's the umami of letters. It just makes every oh, word
0: y- a little yes! tastier.
1: <laughs> is that another real culture x is the umami of letters? <laughs> yes, it is. It's real culture number 15. <laughs> x, x is, is the, the umami, umami of, letters. of letters. It hits you in the back of the tongue. Mm-hmm. Yes, I never understood umami until someone was like, well, what's umami is ketchup. And I was oh. like, oh, okay, I understand. The ketchup has all everything.
0: Ketchup is umami, sweet, yeah. sour, a little bitter. You need a little bitter just to round out.
1: Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. You really need all tastes. And that's rule of culture number 18. You, you really, really need, need all taste. tastes. And I would say that about culture, too. Mm. And, you know, that's a great segue because I think you need all different kinds of people in this world to blend together to make the culture. And you are a person in culture. You're a culture former. You're a culture reactor. You are the perfect person to ask this question, which is the center question of Las Mm. Patristas. Ari Shapiro, what was the culture that made you say culture was for you? Okay, I've thought a lot about this. And I realized the true authentic
4: answer is one that is not necessarily mainstream or cool, but it's real, and so I'm going to give it to you. That's perfect. When I was a kid, my parents had a VHS tape dubbed from the television of the PBS performances of Into the Woods and (gasps) Sunday in the Park with George, original cast. Wow. Wow. Bernadette in both. Yes, Bernadette in both. Mandy Patinkin and Sunday in the Park with George, Chip Zine in Into the Woods.
1: Joanna Gleason, Yeah.
4: Joanna Gleason, And like, I watched those VHS tapes to the point that now 30 years later, I can still recite literally every lyric from every one of those shows by heart. Mm -hmm. And my parents said, Oh, you know, we're actually related to Mandy Patinkin. And I was like, wait, what? And they were like, yes, our cousin Phyllis is married to his cousin, Bert, not my first cousin, not his first cousin. This is like not actually related, but (sighs) I, as this like young teenager was so excited about it. I wrote a fan letter to Mandy Patinkin.
1: Wow. Your like We're related. <laughs> yeah. My
4: cousin is married to your cousin and I loved your performance so much and I watched it. Da, 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 da. He sent back an <gasps> autographed headshot. Oh, I love which it. Which I pinned to my wall and had in my childhood bedroom all through high school. Like other people had Guns N' Roses posters or Christy Brinkley photos. I had an autographed headshot of Mandy Patinkin. Who I'm sure looked gorgeous. Of course, yeah, it was, was like so the beautiful. Princess Bride years. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, he was but such a star. There is a coda it is. to this story. It is okay. such a
1: star? Yeah.
4: Fast forward to my adult life as a host of All Things Considered. Yes. And I'm interviewing Mandy Patinkin about his album. <gasps> wow. And before we start the interview, I say, Mandy, I have a funny story to tell you. And I tell him this whole thing, and he says, "Wait, who's your cousin?" And I say, well, my cousin Phyllis was married to your cousin, Bert. And he says, oh, my God, you, you, we're related. Bert is my favorite cousin. He was the greatest. I, I wait until I tell Catherine, Mandy's wife, that we are related to Ari Shapiro of NPR. <gasps> wow. You have to come to my live show. I'm doing it in D.C. When we came to his live show, my parents happened to be visiting D.C. We went backstage. He greeted them like family. I'm getting emotional oh, just telling oh you my about God. this. It's yeah, so that's that's my story. That's like those VHS tapes yes. of the original Broadway performance of Sunday in the Park with George and Into the Woods set me on a journey of culture that continues to this day. Incredible that is actually
1: perfectly for you because it is <laughs> it, it, because because I'll tell you it's a thinking person's musical theater. And I would describe you as a thinking person. (laughs) Thank you. I would describe you
4: as a thinking person too, Matt Rogers.
1: (laughs) Well, that's huge. Not everyone would. Um, I'm a feeling person. But that's perfect for you. Like the Sondheim of it all. And then your your, musical theater inclinations. Like that's perfect.
4: And when I think back to those shows, as a kid, I saw Into the Woods as very much about fairy tales, which as a kid made sense. And when I saw the Broadway revival... You know, it was very loyal to the original text. It didn't revolutionize it. But now as an adult, I realize, oh, it's a show about parents and children Mm -hmm. that uses fairy tales as the vehicle. And I think that as kids, like we absorb what we're able to absorb. We take in what makes sense to us. And great works of art can evolve over time in our minds and our understanding and operate on
0: so many different levels. You know, it's the genius of Sondheim, the -hmm. genius of great art. The genius of great art. I thought the same thing when I saw Into the Woods on Broadway, too, where I was like, oh, my reading of this show in high school was, like, completely different than, like, what it is now as an adult. I'm like, this is insane. Like, what a gorgeous sort of kinetic
1: work Mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. And I thought the revival was outstanding. And I I will say I just saw the uh, revival of Sweeney Todd. Ooh, how did it come? Yeah. Well, I, so I've, I saw it in previews and yeah. so I'm actually seeing it. I'm actually seeing it two more times. I'm seeing it <laughs> wow. this Friday and next Friday. I'm as many it times as you got Friday. copies
4: of my book in the mail. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, I'm going to read on, on the subway. I'm going to read each, each copy. time. Yes. Um, but that's my favorite musical. So it's, it's Sweeney Into the Woods or Up There wow. for me. Yes, I love Sweeney Todd.
4: I feel like you could write a whole other musical with just the backstory that is delivered in a single song in the beginning of Act mm-hmm, One. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know absolutely. what I mean? Like there is so much information delivered in that first song. Yep. It's like, you can make a whole other musical about, anyway, before he you're went talking to the penal about colony. Sweeney? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Whereas, like, I mean, there's so much there. Yeah. I mean, it's-, it's Before it, the action even, like, begins, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so hard sometimes when you really marry a certain version of something mm. in your head. Like, I wonder mm-hmm. if when you're seeing the revival of Into the Woods, it's like, you find yourself like, sort of- Trudging along a little bit mentally watching it because you're so in love with a certain version that you're able to quote and I would imagine like sing along to in ways like mm-hmm. because once you get really marinated and like Bernadette's witch. Oh, yeah, it might be hard to hear another witch. But you, you know, know what I mean? I expected to
4: feel that way about the revival of once on this island, which was another I show w- that I had to oh. I as well. We And that revival. Reagan reinvented the show in a Uh, way that was so exciting. Michael Arden, you will always Hmm. be famous. Incredible. (laughs) Incredible. Moment by moment, just surprising, delightful. Yeah. Loved, loved,
0: loved. Yeah. There's something about Sunday in the Park, that original production, where the the dress is still, like, insane that they made that happen. Like, people who haven't seen it, like, Bernadette, like, steps out of a dress that, like, mechanically, animatronically, like, opens up. And I'm still like, how did they do that? That would be hard to do today, I feel even. That and The Witch's Transformation, both of them. I'm like,
4: Bernadette
1: has these two moments that are stage magic. Yes. Bernadette is such a superstar i mean like a duh but like bernadette is one of the best of all time and i wonder has she gotten like a kennedy center honors oh
4: she's overdue she needs that i was once at a gym in south beach miami and she was there working out (gasps) with a trainer and i actually like subtly followed her around from station to station in the gym Yeah, well, you have to. You have to. You have to. How could you not? How could that's you not? There. What was she doing there? I can't remember. It was. It was literally 2004. She was
1: doing back <laughs> and shoulders, Bo. <laughs> she doing, that, that's what oh, I really was asking. <laughs> she, yeah. She,
0: what was she doing she was there? The- <laughs> it was back and shoulders day. It was upper body day.
1: Oh my god. Those are those Excellent are formative. Answers time. Those are really good. Well done. Thank you. Slayed the question. (laughs) Wow. I was stressed about that. Really?
4: Yeah. Those are wonderful, wonderful answers. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm (laughs) so
1: honored that you think so. (laughs) you know what you absolutely have to go see and I, I talked about this the last time because i sort of went on a broadway tear and i saw mm-hmm. everything you have to see the new parade revival oh with i know ben Platt. i know Ari, I know. you will be really <sighs> moved you'll have a great time he is he, I, I was just listening the uh cast album came it's out, out now right for this yeah. new revival it's just so, so good, I think mm-hmm. Jason Robert Brown is Sondheim ascending. you know wow. what I mean like I think he is so good i I feel like he has like really revolutionized like and like mastered this new like contemporary musical theater sound, and this is like his first thing. this mm-hmm. really holds up. it's beautiful. it's one of his best. I love pretty much everything he does, but you got to make this, uh, and Bowen, and you too. Yeah, like, I'm, if there's any free time, this is the one. I'm dying to
4: see that. I'm dying to see Merrily We Roll Along. And I'm Maybe dying yeah, to see right. the new Sean Hayes play that ran in Chicago where a friend of mine yes. said it was astounding and it's about to open on Broadway. It's called Good Night Oscar, I think. Good Night Oscar. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hear it's amazing.
1: I also want to see that one. And also Jessica Chastain in A Doll's House. If yes, I, my it, college friend Amy Herzog wrote
4: the new uh, translation adaptation. She did well. I hear great things about it.
1: Something happens at the end that is such a gag. Like it's like I can't even spoil it. But if anyone out there has seen Jessica Chastain in A Doll's House, what happens at the end of the play? Like the way that Nora, like spoiler alert for A Doll's House, but (laughs) even though this is the hashtag actually smart episode, (laughs) if you've made it this far in this episode of Lost Culture, you know A Doll's House. I'm gonna assume. Oh, Uh, but the way that Nora leaves, Mama. It might as well have been a death drop. Mama. Is there,
4: is, is there a, a trap door a la the witch throwing the beans and into the woods? Just, you know, a screech and a puff of smoke. Wait,
0: really? It, Did I just it. call
4: it? Is that what happened? <laughs> oh I can't God. confirm or deny
0: trap door. Oh my God. <laughs> But your eyes went wide. <laughs> wow. My
1: eyes went wide at the recognition. Hmm.
0: Now, Matt, I have a question. Do we think Annalie is like because this is her, what, at least her second time doing Sondheim, because she did Sunny in the Park. Sunday She's a Sondheim girly. With Jake. Yeah. She's like the new girly, or a new girl mm-hmm. I would say. Yep. I think that is very exciting that there is. I don't like, even know co- if we can call her new anymore. She's like established. She's yeah, yeah, she yeah. is. Of course. No, of course. she's.
1: But, but I think what Bowen is saying is like, there comes a time when like you become like, yes, musical theater beloved. And but then you, you ascend da- to Sondheim's
0: Favy. Yeah. You're doing yeah, Sondheim yeah. multiple times is basically like what what's yes. what the status. Yeah. is.
4: And I think that's important. So you're saying that in the same way that we refer to like Bernadette, Patty, Ethel, Bette, we're, we should start just saying Annalie. Maybe. Which is
1: crazy. And also Donna Murphy, too. Don't forget Donna Donna Murphy in that conversation. Like, honestly, I will say this. If ever you see an interview with a musical theater actress and they say, well, the first time I met Steve and they refer to him as Steve, (laughs) that's a tell. That is a huge tell. And Mm -hmm. I think it is so funny when these women say Steve Mm. because it's just so familiar and it makes me laugh. But um, what I will say is that he definitely signed off on her casting and liked yes, her casting. Yes. I believe I read something in the New York Times that said he was to see a reading of it and then passed. Yeah. Of Sunday yeah. in the park? Of, of Sweeney. Of Sweeney. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Like this has been in development yeah, now yeah, yeah. for long enough that he was aware of it, knew of it, and signed off on it. But the interesting thing I I found in that article was that this actually was his most personal piece. Yes, I was so surprised to read that. Yes, we're saying that, you know, Steve, this is the story of your life. And he maybe wasn't even conscious of that or didn't want to necessarily admit that. But I mean, minus
4: the eating people. right?
1: Right, exactly. Besides the murder and the, you know. Cannibalism. um, Yeah, and having rumpled bed with a woman. Rumpled bedding, (laughs) legitimized. But um, yeah, this idea that he had been done wrong by the world.
4: Mm, I'm not sure how I feel about his unfinished musical being staged. I don't know. Yeah. That's hard. We'll see. We'll We'll see.
1: see. I don't know much
4: about that, actually. It's based on a like Buñuel short story. I might be wrong. It's like a Lorca baby. It's based on a a, like work of fiction.
0: Yeah. And he'd been Mm -hmm. working on it for a really long time. But I don't know much, clearly. More than we do. But I saw that headline too, and I was like, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. okay <laughs> let's ha- reserve judgment.
1: I guess we have the goal.
0: <laughs> There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support too, keeping us feeling great all
1: day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Well, spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa credit
0: card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with
1: no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow... So could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or a home? You know what I love about the Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card?
0: What? There are no annual fees, interest, or credit checks to apply. Yes! You can use it everywhere Visa Credit Cards are accepted. Take back your finances!
1: .com/cultrestus. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the or Bank
0: NA or Stripe Bank NA members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out of network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com/disclosures for
2: details. Hacks is back for season 3 and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow Paul W Downs and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy winning comedy series.
1: And I'm actually going to have some gall right now because I have to ask you a question. And I think it's going to be a pointed question.
3: Ooh,
1: Uh, Ari, here's the thing I have to say to you. So I was at the Kennedy Center and I watched your set. Just no big deal. Uh, you were hosting your show. I came because I was headlining with Henry the next night and I watched your set and you were performing a song and you said there was a lyric in your song that was like, and some people watch Housewives. And oh, you sort of rolled your eyes at me. And I thought this motherfucker yes. is being elitist towards me. And so, so here's no. <laughs> I was
4: performing the yes. Noel Coward classic. Why do the wrong people travel? Mm -hmm. But having been written in the middle of the 20th century, there are some lyrics that are quite dated. Of course. Mm -hmm. And so I replaced some with uh, more updated lyrics. However, I think you're pulling that quote out of context because the (gasps) full line was, while the right people stay back home and watch Real Housewives. So oh, okay. in the dichotomy of the wrong people traveling and <laughs> the right people staying back home, you, my friend, are the right people. So rest so easy. I should wow. be out
3: there
1: traveling. You should be out there traveling. Okay, good. Here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. What's the quote unquote trashiest or lowest culture that Ooh. you enjoy? I mm. want to know in your opinion? Mm. I mean, I was an
4: early Housewives watcher, but I kind of gave up on that. Love is Blind, Does I mean, okay. totally oh, you know, okay, wait, it's not trashy, but my friend Alan, I have to shout out The Traitor's the best reality competition television show I've seen in Perfect. at least 10 years. Yeah. I binged it. I savored every second of that show. The Traders. Wait, stop. Mm.
0: not to not to like connect too many dots, but the fact that you're good friends with Alan and that you officiated Alex Wagner's wedding between yes. the mole what? and the Traders. Oh, my God.
4: As a child, I wanted so badly to be on The Mole back when Anderson Cooper hosted it
0: there's such a journey with the mole for people our age. I think like the mole hit at a very specific, important time. I hope I'm not divulging any secrets here,
4: but I actually had a conversation with Alex Wagner when she was considering whether or not to take the mole. And it would have Uh. meant going to Australia and quarantining and being away from her kids. And I was like, you have to do this. I do not delude myself into thinking that is why she said yes. I'm sure it influenced it. But I was like, this is the dream. Yeah.
0: This is, that the, is dream. the dream. She and I ha- were on the same episode of Seth Meyers and mm-hmm. I was like I have to go say hello to her. I'm such a huge mm-hmm. fan. And so we talked and yes, she I think she even volunteered that she was like I was really debating going, but I think she was saying like I was so much happier that I was in Australia instead of America during January 6th. Oh Ooh, wow. I think the insurrection I think January 6th, 2021, she was in Australia shooting the mole. Maybe I'm getting that wrong. It's weird when you're a news person. So
4: NPR was going through budget cuts then is going through budget cuts. Now I was on Mm. furlough on January 6th. And so I was literally not allowed to check my work email or do any work. And it was so strange as a news person to be watching what was unfolding and just thinking like, "Um, should I be doom scrolling right now? Should I turn off the TV and go for a walk? Should I like, I can't do what I would instinctually go do which is like Mm. help tell the story of what's happening and i just found myself so kind of like adrift and at a loss for like how can i be helpful how can i be useful which frankly is one of the things that i love about being a journalist is that whenever Mm -hmm. there's a moment when it's like everybody wants to do something and doesn't know what to do as a journalist i know what my job is what i'm supposed to do and so that was a strange experience for me on january 6th especially as it was unfolding like a 30-minute walk from my house because i live not that far from capitol hill um I mean, look, it was a tragic moment. It was horrible for democracy, for society, people physically and emotionally and psychologically suffered. Yeah. For me as a journalist who wasn't able
0: to practice journalism, it was just, it was very odd. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. Because something had to kick in, but then you have to like completely stifle it. Yeah.
4: And at some point when I've been listening to NPR with CNN on mute for the last two hours, it's like, well... Do I turn away now? Like, do mm-hmm. I go take the dogs for a walk and Ugh. listen to Los Culturistas? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. We were no help. We were no help. Uh, yes, the day. answer to that question is always yes.
1: <laughs> what if literally, like, all the journalists had been locked out of their accounts and only Las Cults could report on January 6th? It was just like, we are here on the ground and what we're seeing is just disgusting.
4: <laughs>
1: I would love to hear that commentary. People would pay money for that commentary. <laughs> That honestly, though, like in a real way, like to be have to be a spectator there is really tough when you have the talent and you have the experience that you have to be able to like, you know, Especially, I remember watching it, and there was an element of knowing exactly what was happening, but Mm -hmm. being so confused. And I think that that is... Because we've never
4: seen anything like this before in the United States.
1: Right. And so it does need to be explained, like, what we are seeing is an insurrection. This is the definition Mm -hmm. of what that means. This is how this could end. This is how much danger these people are in. So it does fall... To people like you to be able to get that information across. And I will also say one of the most moving and stirring parts of your book, Best Strangers in the World, is you talking about your experience with Mm 9-11 and literally speaking on the phone to people in a journalistic capacity who then would perish, you know, I guess minutes or hours later, just that had to be that has to I don't stay with you forever. is not even the words. It has to be formative as a person.
3: Well, it
4: was formative. I mean, at that point I was sort of the most junior person on the staff of morning edition. I was working a temp contract. I was working overnights from one to 9am and I was actually going to go home early because I couldn't stay awake. And then we started seeing smoke coming out of the world trade center. And so my job was just to call people in the towers and put them on the air and say, like, what are you seeing? Um, And what I realized that day was, so at that point, Bob Edwards was the host of Morning Edition, and he was Mm -hmm. not a person who spoke more than he needed to. He was a very kind of taciturn person. He's still alive. He is a very taciturn person. Um, And I remember when we went off the air at noon that day and handed off to the next show, he said in these moments when everyone is wondering what they can do, Right. We know what our role is. We know what our job is. And I I remember everybody was lining up to donate blood. Right, right. And as a gay man, I was not allowed to donate blood. Right. And I was like, well, here's something I can do. And so I would come in for the next several nights. Mm. I would like work from 9 p.m. to 12 noon. And one of my jobs was to write short obituaries that would be slotted in when segments came in like a little bit short. And so they were like 30 seconds to a minute. And I remember I found the story of these Mm. two men and their son, who their son was a toddler. He was one of the youngest people to die that day. And they were flying back from a vacation. And I remember writing an obituary for the three Mm -hmm. of them and referring to them as a family and just thinking, you know, that is something that somebody else in this position might not have done And I felt like even though it was this tiny little 30 second thing that just slotted into like a hole in the show, I felt like I had left a small fingerprint on the record of that day. And I thought like, this is a way I can be useful. This is a way I can actually help shape the stories we tell, not as an activist, as a journalist, but as a journalist who brings my own experience and history and identity to the world. So, yeah, it wow. was a really profound turning point for me. Unbelievable.
0: You write in the book about how, like, starting out, you would work on obituary packages. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that is, like, a fun peculiarity about, like, journalism that I find interesting is that, like, when, like, our, our friend Henry Melcher started working at MSNBC mm-hmm. and when we were in college, man, that was, like, one of the things I learned. He was, like, no, like, it's so funny in these. And, like, or my sister would, like, come home from like Bloomberg or whatever. She was working for Bloomberg at the time. And she was like, yeah, like all these news networks have these obit packages. Do you think that probably like honed some? Absolutely. The great instinct? thing about
4: an obituary is it's basically a profile. Yeah. And journalists write profiles all the time. But this is a profile that you don't have to do on deadline right. because the person is still alive. Mm. And for me as a beginning journalist, it gave me an opportunity to work with NPR editors On important stories that didn't step on any beat reporters toes right and so I could like gain those skills and build that expertise and do as many edits as I needed to do for stories that you know might air a month or a year or five years down the road and it also helped the editors get to know my skills and my interests so that later on they would start pitching freelance stories to me that were not obituaries, that were on deadline. And so it was a really important stepping stone for me along the way. And as I read in the book, Hume Cronin was like one of the first big ones who, right. you know, he was married to Jessica Tandy. He, they both won like a lifetime achievement. Tony, I think, um, they were on Broadway in a million things. They were on, in films like
0: Cocoon. Yeah.
4: And so, yeah, I'll always think fondly of Hume Cronin who had <laughs> the courtesy of dying shortly after I did that obituary so it actually got <laughs> on the air.
1: So nice of him. What a man. <laughs> so nice of him. What a man. You didn't have to sit on the shelf. You got published. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, uh, wait, I'm not done with the mole and traders. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. let <laughs> talk about it. Wait, so genius. So like, first of all, Alex Wagner energetically is so perfect for that job. She's so like cool. Mm-hmm. But then another person I could see being good at something like that is you. I would... In
4: a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, anyone who is making a glam reality show (laughs) set in some castle. Look, I don't want to be eating worms. I'm not interested in having cockroaches spill on my head. But put me in some like fancy James Bond-ish getup and telling 20 desperate people what to do.
1: (laughs) Yes, sign me up. Yeah, like what I had heard was Alan had the best time doing it. Like Henry was saying that he came back and was like, "You know, I'm not going to do my Alan coming, but it was great." You know, it, it, like he was oh, he, it was he, so
4: great. Yeah,
1: he, he that he had the best time and that he was thrilled that they were getting a second season and that, absolutely. Yeah, and you know, most of those clothes
4: were his. I really. Love it. Yeah, I mean, they uh, like, would add a sash or a beret sure, or a sure. brooch or something, uh, but like, they were mostly his clothes. A, a <laughs> but something guy. tells me for season two, they're likely to have a bigger costume budget, given that there was an entire New York Times feature just about the clothes that Alan wears in that show. Yeah,
0: but that is like an important like it's not even like an ornamental thing. It's like it's an important thing yeah. about the visual language of that show, which makes it distinct Absolutely. from everything else. The thing that kind of burst the bubble a little bit for me was
4: learning that none of them actually slept at the castle. They slept at a like crappy airport oh, hotel yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. off
4: site. I was going to say that makes total sense. That makes total <laughs> yeah. sense. But also, it makes it seem so much less fun. <laughs> and Alan had a little cottage that was not far from the castle. Nobody slept in the
1: castle. Right, right. Oh, right. bummer. Yeah, there I is know. that like level of like, you want to believe they're all in there, but then I guess that's easier to produce whatever, mo- tell no. movie magic
4: oh but also I heard that one of them who made it to the finals I'm not I don't know if this is public I don't think it's a secret but I'm just not going to name them tested positive for COVID on literally the day everybody was supposed to fly home and then had to quarantine Ugh. in that shitty hotel for another like 10 days or two weeks
0: yeah after they had wrapped on this on the show after they had wrapped on the okay. show oh, I thought you were going to say that they should they tested positive and showed up that. Uh, I, like, I
1: want to find out if I win
4: although one contestant tested positive in the middle of the run and disclosed on their Instagram that that's why they like dropped out and disappeared oh, halfway through the season.
1: That's why yeah. that's crazy that it test positive midway yeah. through the run and like no know. one else. That's that's giving false positive and that sucks.
0: It's giving Matt Rodgers
1: in Mexico city.
0: <laughs>
4: I actually did get COVID one month ago. Thanks to Alan's husband. Oh, we all had you. like an upstate Catskills weekend and I was so <laughs> grateful that it happened one month before my book tour because i was able to host all things considered from home Mm. i sounded like i had a cold but i felt fine and now i'm like maximum antibodies ping-ponging from city to city shaking hands with strangers and not worrying about getting
1: covid that's excellent Are you still enjoying, and this is like, obviously, like, don't, you're never going to say no, but like, are you still invigorated and excited about All Things Considered? It's been years. And I wonder, like, because whenever you do something for a very long time and like it has an identity and it has a way that it's done. I know us with this podcast, we're always trying to find ways to make it exciting for us. And we've succeeded. Like, are you still succeeding in doing that? Here's what I love
4: about Hosting All Things Considered is that even after six years, I know when I wake up each morning that I'm going to go to bed knowing about something that I didn't know when I started the day. Like, I can be curious, I can ask questions, I can follow my curiosity wherever it may lead, and the show is formatted so that I can do some big ambitious project where I travel from Senegal to Morocco to Spain connecting the dots between um, climate change, migration, and political extremism, and then I can interview the incredible South African pop star Nakane about their new (laughs) album, which, by the way, is my soundtrack of the summer. It comes out later this Nakane. month. I think. Nakane. Ugh. Do you know Nakane? No. They released an album um, a couple years ago that included an amazing track called New Brighton that was a collab with Anoni. Anyway, <gasps> this new album, it's called Bastard Jargon. I'm obsessed. Bastard Jargon? There are jargon. a couple tracks out already. One of the tracks is a collab with Perfume Genius. Put it on. It will... Make your life. Queer wow. I mean, summer anthem. Queer summer, non binary, South African influenced, London based, pop dance extravaganza. You're going to love it. Wow. Okay. Damn. Anyway, so the point is hosting All Things Considered allows me to do both and. Yes. Mm. I can be like hashtag actually smart <laughs> and then I can queen out with Nakane. And <gasps> yes. that's a combination that's hard to find.
2: Oh wow. My gosh.
1: Nakane. I think
0: this is very. I'm going to, like, really try to, again, connect dots. But this is on a meta level. Like, I think this is, like, the thing about the book, the thing about you, is that there's so much, like, connective stuff here between, like, the way you're able to, like, bridge something from, like, the way you currently are now as, like, a journalist, quote-unquote, like, buttoned-up gay guy in D.C., but, like, you, like, trace it back to, like, your days in high school, like, being, like queer even though like that wasn't the word you used back then yeah to bridge that thing and to bridge like the things between like all of your stories and to bridge the thing between like you having these like journalistic boundaries and reconciling that with the fact that you have to be vulnerable on stage sometimes that was my big takeaway of the book is that like you can like really shift between these modes i'm so glad to hear that that was what you took
4: away from it because i i realized kind of in writing it that the through line of my whole life has been trying to make connections and trying to help people appreciate similarities and build bridges across chasms of difference. And the quality that I admire most in people is the ability to make those unexpected connections, bring people together, introduce them, you know, build opportunities for synthesis. Mm. And, And so, you know, like when I was in Mexico City and Henry said, you have to meet up with my friends, Matt and Bowen. It was that kind of a thing where I was like, oh, these different worlds coming together and interesting people connecting in, an, in a foreign place. Like that is the thing that recharges my batteries. Mm. And so whether it's performing with Pink Martini or doing a show with Alan Cumming or reporting the news on the radio from a war zone, I'm, I'm, I'm just really glad that's what you took away from the book 1000%. because I feel like that is kind of the underlying like base note of the whole thing.
1: Code mm. switching international icon. No. International Code <laughs> Switcher International Ari Shapiro title of app.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute, the queer mole style show should be called like Code Switch or something. Mm. Do you know what good, I mean? Bo Ari hosts Matt and I can EP or be in it. Can we please make this happen? Code switch. Code swi- that is the name
4: of an NPR podcast. Damn. Oh, shit. Fuck. It's all right. It can be a reality show, too.
1: It can totally be. And, we just got to put an X in it somewhere, so it's different. So, like, here's what I'll say, because I'll, I'll, like, make a joke and be like, yeah, I want to go on Survivor. I actually want to go on Traders. I really want to be on Traders. Bowen, you'd be an amazing Trader. I would not be an amazing Trader. I would be an amazing Faithful. And you'd be incredible Faithful. Here's the
4: thing. I've played mafia <laughs> with friends over the course of an evening, and I get so fucking stressed out, yeah, and so like strange. my blood pressure rises. And that's over, you know, two, four hours. I try to imagine
0: doing it over weeks? weeks, and I think I might literally have an aneurysm. That's why, whenever the traders, like, that's why they all like fucking break down into sobs when they leave. Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. the traders when they get like the ones who got found out, spoiler alert, they're like yeah. sobbing by the time yeah. they go. I'm like, yes, because you've been holding. You've been like holding All it together this, this whole time. I yeah, know. it's yeah. literally, and you
1: don't have any interaction with anyone else. Right. When you are a trader, you are experiencing what it means to be closeted. And I hope that the Whoa. straight traders are really considering that what they're experiencing yes. for two weeks, Matt. many of us experience for many years, and you're this being This is a closeted. think piece. You need to write. <laughs> I going to write this. Thing we need piece. to see
4: this published in the Atlantic. New York Magazine, and
1: The New Yorker. Well, first...
4: It's that good. First,
1: I'm going to publish it as a rule of culture. This is rule of culture number 90. When you are a traitor, traitor. you are feeling, feeling what, what it's, it's like, like to, to be, be closeted. closeted. And I know it eats them up because it's very hard. It's it's very mm. hard. Meaningful that the only non-straight white
0: male traitor was Siri. Period. Like, someone who, like, like is, like, you know, visibly a very yeah. specific, like... Identity, let's say. Yep. Yeah. And so she knows how to, like, huh. And in, in a way, code switch, maybe. Wow. This is, is this
4: okay. such a strategy? Well, okay. no, look, if you're going to write a think piece, you need more than one <laughs> idea. So <laughs> this is, I like where this
1: is going. First of all, <laughs> co authored, co byline yes, by yes, Matt yes. Rogers and Bowen. Yes, yes, yes. He writes the foreword to the published piece. Um, <laughs> but no, but like, I have to say, if these people on Traders did not know who Suri Fields was and what she was capable of, then that's your problem. She is an iconic four-time Survivor contestant who has been robbed of the win at least once in a real way. And I will say this, the most cathartic moment for someone who loves reality television was watching Sari Fields do that to Ari Leindyke Jr. Because there is not a more unsung hero of reality television than Surrey Fields. And there true. is not a more wow. despicable act than the one that Ari Lyon-Dyke Jr. committed on his season of The Bachelor. So to watch that happen in real what time- What was Ari's to watch- thing in The Bachelor? So Ari do? basically proposed to one woman and then Becca, <gasps> and then three weeks <gasps> later, with the cameras in tow, came to her house and said- I'm in, I'm I'm actually picking the other girl. And the oh, cameras oh, wow. follow okay, her. Okay, but around. that's great television. No, and if you remember Cecily did this on SNL. Yes, Cecily yes, played yes, yes, yes. this girl. And they did a whole bit of like the cameras following <laughs> her around. Like they were like outside the bathroom door while she's sobbing. <laughs> And like Ari's there, like, oh, Becca, you no. have to come out. And she's like, fuck you. And basically, that was as low as it possibly gets yeah, on for sure. a, a show like The Bachelor. And so to watch Sharif Fields look him in the eyes and said, you don't deserve this. Mm. And, and then do we him, think she knew that? Do we think she had seen that season of The Bachelor? I think she's seen everything. Okay. I don't think that's yeah. why she made the decision. I think she made yeah. the decision to be like, you're a traitor because she was like, Fuck you! I, you were not coming in at the last second and splitting this money with me. This is my money. I love, there was an
4: interview where she was like, "If it had been two million dollars, maybe I would have shared it, but two fifty k, no, that's no, not. absolutely
0: no. not. They need to raise that prize pot too. I'll say, I agree. I want to start a GoFundMe to like, <laughs> but that's you want to be Sia. I want to be Sia. You want oh, to yeah, be wait, Sia the traitor. How much does how much does Sia give? Depends year to year. Do you know about this Ari? I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: I know who
4: Sia is. I do not know about this You money know the thing.
1: iconic Sia. She watches Survivor every season and just picks her favorite contestants and just sends them money. Like <laughs> That it, is it's iconic. Like, it's, like, it's a thing. <laughs> that is iconic. And it started years ago when she came to like a... Uh, like a survivor finale reunion and jeff Probst was like my friend sia is in the audience and she loves the show and she wants to come on stage and so sia was just, she wearing the wig she sure was and she just comes on stage with her wig and was like i love this show that was my sia um <laughs> <laughs> but she was you like, do a better sia than an alan i'll say that <laughs> oh, sometimes i can do alan but only in private Mm. And no one will ever know. Oh, well. Mm. <laughs> but basically, mm-hmm. like, yes, yeah, Sia, Sia is like another prize pot that you can win. It's like if you impress Sia, AKA, you get a good edit on the show. I love it. It's the wild card. It's the Sia prize. It's the wild card. It's the Sia moment. And so Bowen wants to be that for traders. Yeah, I want to be the Sia yes. for traders. That is a whole waiting to be filled. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, period. absolutely. <laughs> period. Honey. <laughs> <Funny.
0: laughs> Horse disco. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Alex gets to do another season of The Mole. Yeah, do
1: we know is The Mole renewed?
0: I have no information on that. I feel like it
1: was a big success. I have no information I on that. I thought it was success. too. I mean, here's the thing. Yeah. It's weird because like Netflix is The Mole and Peacock is Traders. I do yeah, feel I absolutely. felt more conversation around Traders.
4: Oh, absolutely. And also Traders was big fish small pond. The Mole <laughs> was small fish big pond. Like nobody We're was peacock talking
0: about Peacock but, before can the I Traders. Say, and, and this is such terrible synergy, but they did send me like a huge care package uh, oh. full of Peacock swag. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and then Su- <laughs> literally Susan Rovner, head of NBC, emails me pictures of the wheelhouses of Miami they reunion. Oh. Like photos. like the, They were like, it was like the day oh. I went on set talking about how much I love Peacock. She like was like, thank you so much. Here are <laughs> photos from the, like, the Miami reunion that we just shot today. Anyway, oh, what?
1: I want that. I want a care package from Peacock.
0: I want
4: a care package with those little packets you can throw into the fire to make it burn oh, green or red.
1: The drama of that. <laughs> so good. I love that. You guys need to watch UK Traders. I've heard. Yeah, UK yeah. Traders doesn't have Alan, but it has this other iconic woman hosting it. I'm, I'm forgetting her name. I'm losing her name, but she's like a thing in British culture. She's amazing. <laughs> Wait, are there reality stars in that one or no? No, it's all regular people, which I actually is my big note for us traders is i think it should just be all reality people because i think that they mm. get what's necessary of, yeah. of them oh yeah. claudia Winkleman is the host of uh uk traders and she is a story that's never been told i love her her bangs <laughs> i love it all I, I love her energy she's like alan is very like dramatic and claudia is very british and yeah. cold
0: Ooh. i love it
1: so okay
4: we're gonna make code, switch with, an x, code and, switch with an x uh we can first option to peacock
1: and after that we'll see where it goes <laughs> yep love i it. love this really <laughs> I actually love this i think it's time for bowen and i to co-host a reality show it's past time it is long past all three time of us that.
0: i'm gonna say i'm not entitled to much in this life and in work but i think all three of us deserve to host that kind of show.
1: Can uh, I tell you, I actually have a concept for this, Bowen, and I'm going to sidebar with you because I okay. think I've come up with an idea for us to co host a, a reality show. show. <sighs> yes, but it's really good. And I actually do want to pitch it. Okay. And I think it's really good. This okay. is, I remember,
4: was it Atsuko who her, I don't think so, honey, yes. was about friendship reality shows yeah this is the show that she's been longing it's for. not
1: necessarily that it's more oh. it, it, but it's it, there's, it's a twist <laughs> show so it's like you think it's one thing and then it's wow. another
0: thing. Oh, it's like a, a milf manner thing yeah you know?
1: i'm really excited it's like milf manner. <laughs> i got it have you watched milf manor i'm gonna <laughs> no, guess I have no not. i'm <laughs>
0: so sorry i'm too afraid i'm i'm like <laughs> it's it's gonna be too too disturbing you know
1: Mm. It gets really... It's the darkest version of what you think. It's going to be very yeah. fast. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to come
0: back from abyssal stuff like that. Yeah, truly. Abyssal. Abyssal yeah. is a
4: Yiddish word that means a little bit.
1: Abyssal. Just abyssal. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Just abyssal. Just abyssal. Also but. a frontrunner for Title of Ep God. This episode's full of them. <laughs> hmm. I think it's B-I-S-S-E-L. B-I-S-S-E-L? That's not what I thought. I would have thought B-I-S-T-L-E. Ooh, like a bristle without the R. And that's what gets me cut out the spelling bee like a (laughs) motherfucker.
0: There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about.
2: On how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes, and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors.
3: You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writers' room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: You know, Bowen, I sleep well, and I, I, I know you do. I attribute that in many ways to the mattress that I sleep on.
0: We both sleep on the Helix Midnight mattress. It's given us sweet dreams plenty. And the Helix lineup offers over 20 unique mattresses, including the reward-winning Lux and ultra-premium elite collections, the mm. Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts everywhere.
1: Say it again. Take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. Your personalized mattress is shipped right to your door, free of charge. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps
0: differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences.
1: Unique, girl! The way you sleep is perfect. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10- or 15-year warranty, depending on the model. Helix is offering up to 30%
0: off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Culturistas. That's helixsleep.com slash Culturistas. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Is the book out now?
4: Yes. It is.
0: It yes. Is. Audiobook
4: as well. I narrate the audiobook. Uh, if you like me telling stories in your ears, you can get The Best Strangers in the World on audiobook.
1: And why wouldn't they want that?
4: I mean, maybe because they get two hours of it every day on All Things Considered, but I don't know. No, because they love <laughs> no, it they're addicted to it. Can I ask it. you a
1: question? Was, yeah. Did you find the writing of the book a difficult process? I feel embarrassed saying this, but no. For no, me, it was I didn't actually think yeah.
4: really an enjoyable process. Mm. Um, it was just like one step at a time, one bit at a time. And then, you know, I I just gave myself permission to not be great in the first draft. And then I would set it aside for a few mm. weeks or months and go back and make it, you know, hopefully better. And I just right now feel so, God, like fortunate and satisfied to hear the way these stories are connecting with people and that people are finding meaning in them. It's really a very um,
0: unusual experience for me that I'm kind of just trying to savor. Mm. It's really excellent. I mean, I think one of the big reasons people connect with you is that um, you find the angle that like cuts through the noise and like the way you um, talked about Pulse was like the perfect example. It's like oh, yeah. you did a story about like people going out the next day in Orlando mm-hmm. to like Parliament House. It's like, oh, but like what other what other news outlet is doing that? You know, like it was probably just like several days, if not like a, a couple weeks of coverage about like the victims, obviously, and, like, yeah. necessary story, storytelling in that way. But, like, I think the fact that, like, you would go to, like, these bars in Orlando after, immediately after, and, like, talk to people going and why is really beautiful. And, I mean, that particular story, like, I knew what
4: that place meant. Like, yeah. i have been going to gay bars my whole life. I had gone to gay bars in Orlando and, like... It wasn't until the very end of that reporting experience where I was talking to this guy who was editor of the Free Gay Weekly paper in Orlando. He has since passed away. His name was Billy Maines. But um, I was telling him like, oh, yeah, years ago, I went bar hopping in Orlando and I met these bartenders who were so sweet and they took me out the next night. And, um, and that had been 12 years before the Pulse nightclub shooting. And so I didn't remember the name of the bar and I was sure that it had closed But Billy Maines said, "Um, what bar was it? And I said, I don't remember. I'm sure it's long closed." And he said, well, what was the layout like? What did it look like? Mm Because he lived in Orlando forever. And so I described what it looked like where you sort of walk in and there's a dance floor on your left and a sort of bar on your right. And he said, that was Pulse. And I Mm -hmm. just in that moment realized that like this place I had been reporting on all week that I knew I had some connection to just from it being a gay bar, which is a place that I had spent so much time in my life. Like it was not only a place that I had an abstract connection to, it was a place that I had a, a personal immediate connection right. to. And I looked on my phone for the name of that bartender who I had met 12 years earlier. And his name was in there with an email address that said at pulse Orlando.com. Um, there were two bartenders. One had moved to Chicago and was no longer working there. The other was still working at Pulse, but not on the night that the massacre happened. But it just made me realize that like, as a journalist, I can approach stories as an outsider and there's value to that. But also the experiences that I have, my life, my history, my perspective on the world is not something that I have to set aside and put in a box when I go out and tell stories. It's something that I can bring to the stories I tell that can make them richer and deeper and more nuanced
0: and more meaningful.
2: Mm.
0: Incredible. It gives you like the take that like really does again like cut through something that like cut cuts through the din of like what everyone is already hearing over and over again i just always ask myself
4: how can i make listeners who are busy doing other things hear this how can i make them try to you know stay parked in the driveway even though they're late to pick up their kids or whatever the case may be cuz they need to hear the end of the story what's mm. a way i can tell this story that people are going to say oh I see what those people are going through and relate to them and don't just see them as somebody other, somebody far away, somebody different, but somebody who I have a lot more in common with than I might realize. Mm.
1: Do you consume a lot of other NPR stuff? Like, are you an NPR person outside of working there? Well, I graze (laughs) widely. I mean, I try Mm -hmm. to know what's
4: on Morning Edition each day, and I try to listen to All Things Considered every evening when I'm not hosting. And that's a total of like four hours of content. So... The rest of the stuff that I consume is sort of a little bit of a lot of things.
1: Mm -hmm. Gotcha. You listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me,
4: just for kicks? Sure do. In fact, my Chicago book event is with Peter Sagal, the legend, who just had a baby, and he's so sweet and wonderful Mm -hmm. to do my book event with me, even though he has a little tiny child at home.
1: I'm doing that show this week. (gasps) You are? (gasps) Yeah, I'm going out to Chicago. Matt Rogers, Mary the Lead. Is this your first time? Second time. Oh, yeah. you're going to have so much fun. I love it. I love doing the show. No, the I best. don't do well on it, but I think I, ha- I bring a good energy. Bowen would absolutely slay it. I've, I did it over Zoom, but like, the thing I mean, is, um,
0: you don't have to be good at it to have fun. That's not true. True. No, 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 no. It's a blast. I'm- people don't listen
4: for the knowledge of the panelists. <laughs> no. <cameras. laughs> That's not why people are tuning in.
1: It's schadenfreude of uh, people mm. also not knowing what the fuck is going sure. on, which is not necessarily true. Um, Okay, so I think we have to... Segue into I Don't Think So Honey, which is the segment of our podcast where Bowen Yang, Matt Rogers, and the guests on this episode, it is Ari Shapiro. They all take one minute to rant against something in culture that absolutely deserves a pulling down from from the perch and a slapping in the head. I have something. It is topical. We haven't yet discussed this major moment in culture that is in process, but I have, I don't think so, honey, about it. I know what this is. He intrinsically knows who I am.
0: You know what this is? I can't wait to hear it. I think so. Yeah. I have a feeling. This is Matt Rogers. I
1: don't think so, honey. His time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Your notes on the era's <laughs> set list. The era's tour set list. We uh, don't, we're not giving notes on it, okay? I understand there are some odd choices. Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince as the opener. Listen, all she wanted to say was, it's been a long time. And then she segues into what should, and I predicted that she would open this concert with months and months and months ago, Cruel, cruel summer. summer. That is essentially the first song that opens. Into the show i don't want to hear that you miss sparks fly we are getting the speak now era across with enchanted she comes out in the ball gown gives you the moment we have felt the speak now era she gives you full-on reputation she gives you everything you need from 1989 i don't want to hear what seconds. you're missing from 1989 we get all the hits i don't want to hear that you miss the self-titled the self-titled as an era is encompassed with Fearless. We don't Five need seconds. the self title If you're lucky, maybe she'll give you Tim McGraw on that one song she does, which is a different song every single time. Eras tour, no notes. I am watching on YouTube and going three times this summer. I don't think so, honey, your notes.
0: Now that's one minute. In Vegas, she sang our song too from debut from the first And album. you know what?
1: Maybe I ho- what I hope for everyone out there is that if they are the types of people that want another Speak Now moment, that she gives you sparks fly that may who knows maybe you'll even be the lucky one period i not, not, didn't even mean to do that and also get dear john i think back it's to probably december. too long back to december i would love but there's so much acoustic ready-made stuff maybe you'll get one but listen but I, isn't I, the
4: discourse the point isn't
1: the hating the point isn't the disagreement yes. you know and and here's the thing I am anti sycophant okay I believe that fandom is dangerous because I believe that fandom is dictatorship and I believe that intense fandom actually defeats the purpose of even enjoying things because if you can't actually talk about Donald Glover
0: swarm if you you. can't
1: talk (laughs) about and enjoy and like pick apart the things you like and also drag and Mm -hmm. be a little nasty sometimes like you're all you are is just an unhelpful clobber on in discussion and then it all gets like clobber on you're a clobber on okay wow I couldn't find the word because (laughs) I already used the word sycophant and I only have so many words that I say yeah 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 but you know what I'm saying Mm-hmm. No, totally, totally. And I, But I'm the kind of person, I always have something to say. I always have, I, there, I don't think there's ever been a Taylor album or Taylor moment in culture that I've not been like, this is great, but this, yeah. like, I always have something to say. With the Eras tour, she's out there giving you three hours and 15 minutes of constant entertainment, giving you the <laughs> whole thing. She said, I know it was difficult to get these seats. I know it was difficult to get these tickets. I'm going to make it a moment you'll never forget. Yeah. I don't want to hear notes on a three hour and 15 15 minutes set list. I just don't. Matt,
4: I have a question for you. For your three viewings of this performance, Correct. do you have a plan for the scale of sobriety to inebriation? How you plan to experience <laughs> each of the three?
1: You know, I think that what Bowen and I have found recently is that mushrooms are our girl. For
4: all three, or for one of the three, or
1: like, or take them in
4: one hour into the three-hour set. Like, what's the strategy? Bowen,
1: here? what was our cocktail when we saw Chromatica?
0: Chromatica was rums and cokes it was rums and cokes and then it was <laughs> mushrooms and i think we got beers there
1: yeah but we also had and what i mean by cocktail is drug cocktail so we were uh, on right. a little I bit was of mushrooms. like <laughs> no i know i know i know
0: i know but it was rum and coke at the bar like pregame, mm-hmm. and then we took like mushroom chocolates like before we got in the car yeah and then once we got there we we ordered beers that was like, they the were full, hitting. Mm-hmm. that was the full journey
1: yeah. and i would describe the way we felt at Chromatica, or should I say, on Chromatica, as one of the happiest nights of my life.
4: Well, then you got to reapply that serum. Yeah, I am. Yeah.
1: I'm beyond excited for this. Like, and we haven't talked about Era's but it. I, I've been watching the YouTube videos. It looks so fun. Wait, and Bowen, was that what you thought Matt
0: was going to do? Was that where you thought he was no. going? I Ooh, thought he was going to uh, talk wh- about the Gwyneth trial. I thought he was going to talk oh
4: about my it. God. <laughs> the Gwyneth trial. <laughs> New episode. Start from
1: zero. <laughs> yeah, Gwyneth yeah, trial. Yeah. No, Beginning now. The Gwyneth now. trial is its own episode. <laughs> oh my God. Like that. God. Back
0: to the gills with uh, me.
1: The Gwyneth trial oof. was such a, It was like. Lost half mm, a day skiing. We lo- well, I lost half lost. a day skiing. What was your name? Kristen?
0: Kristen? I was going to say Kristen. I was going to say Kristen. You skied into my fucking back is Mm. the new from Aaron Brockovich. That asshole (laughs) smashed in my fucking
1: neck. You skied directly into my fucking fucking back. What a legend. It was unbelievable to consume and it never stopped. Like the hits kept coming all day when she was on trial. And I don't think it's over, right? Like I think it's currently still for Maybe, maybe, but it's not. Well, Apple Martin hasn't yet been called to the stand. It will
0: live forever in our hearts. It will live forever. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that it's happening.
3: That they
4: allowed cameras in the courtroom. I'm grateful I, they didn't inflict those courtroom sketch artists on us. No, no, cameras no, no you don't no. want to see Gwyneth done in wax pastel chalk.
0: Is she, I don't think she did. I, don't th- I think she wanted the cameras in there.
1: Yeah, good. I think she said, "Everyone, look at how ridiculous this is." She knows her audience. She knows how to play to mm-hmm. them. You know? Unbelievable, but wow, I, I, I understand why you thought that, Bo. And it really shouldn't have yeah. been that. But I have to it's say, okay. it's just like people discussing what they're missing from the Eras Tour of a three-hour, fifteen-minute performance, I'm like, you guys. Come on. She can't do the full discography. She cannot. All right. So, Bowen Yang, are you ready for your I don't think so, honey? I am. Okay. This is Bowen Yang's I don't think so, honey. His time starts now. I don't think so,
0: honey. A bookmark made of metal. Oh, you mean a knife? You mean a switchblade? I was reading. I've been reading very recently, including with Ari's book, with a metallic bookmark. That I'm not going to name the company that makes them, but they it might as well have been Lockheed Martin because these are (laughs) weapons that can kill. These are weapons that can take lives, and I had many close calls with this blade of a bookmark. And I said enough. (laughs) I tossed it in the hotel trash bin, which is we've discussed on this podcast. Those hotel trash cans are too small, and I realized. This is a sharp spin. This is for needles. Mm, this is for seconds. bookmarks that are knives. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you're making bookmarks with that are med- metallic, there are going to be casualties. Someone's going to die. Five and seconds. You are there will be with, consequences. There will be consequences. Period. Pe- trust. Trust. You,
1: you will, will be, be dealt with. with.
0: <laughs> Lockheed Martin, stop it with these bookmarks. Any company that's making metallic bookmarks is Lockheed Martin. <laughs>
1: that's one minute. Did TSA let you through with that?
0: Somehow. It was in my carry-on. And I was like, how is this... <laughs> I can kill someone with this. Yeah, and he told him, "He's like, you're
1: going to let me through with this? I will kill someone with this." This I plane can- is
0: going to Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. In a war zone, you could like mm. perform surgery with it. It's that's a scalpel. <laughs> Owen Hunt probably performed surgery without Grey's <laughs> no, Anatomy.
1: Owen Hunt. I'm going to guess you don't watch Grey's Anatomy. Me? No, no. It's okay. <laughs> Not even during the golden age when it actually was prestige. I
4: actually did not. I am so sorry to disappoint you.
0: <laughs> As a Pacific Northwesterner, you I know, more. I know, I know,
4: I know. I watched Portlandia. Does that count? As a Pacific Northwest show. Yes, absolutely.
1: Is that yeah. From an
4: earlier era, Twin Peaks, also, you know. Yes. Oh yeah. certainly. Yeah.
1: Isn't X Files around that area? Is is that a lie? I I mean, I watched it when I was
4: a child, but I don't remember where it was set.
1: I feel like X-Files would make more sense to be in set in like DC, right? Because they're dealing with sensitive information. Mm, Those are the later seasons. Oh, Mm. okay. I will say I did try to watch X-Files once from the beginning and I was like... It's a different time. It was a different time. Yeah, it was a different time. But they still be making them. All right. Do they really? Yeah, there's like every now and then there'll be like an X-Files movie and everyone's like, oh, great. And then like, that I, is I guess. Crazy. I don't think there's been one for a while. <laughs> is there not? Okay. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't know if that's true. Every once in a while, like in 2001 and
0: 2005. <laughs> I, feel like, like, you I, know. I feel
1: like constantly always in the news. It's like, and the new X-Files movie is right around the corner. And I'm always like, huh? You're thinking of Scream, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, okay. So, Ari, this is the moment. Oh. Are you ready for your I don't think so, honey? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. This is Ari Shapiro's I don't think so, honey. Very exciting moment in time. And his time starts now.
4: I don't think so, honey. Strangers going out of their way to tell me that I sound sick on the radio. If you show (gasps) up to a party and you feel like, maybe I shouldn't go to this party. I'm a little worn out. It's been a rough week. And you get to that party and the host of that party greets you at the door and says, girl, you look tired. Do you really (gasps) want to hear that from the host of your party? No, No. this is the same thing, but coming from strangers. If I'm congested on the radio, girl, I know that I am congested on the radio. And unless you were reaching out to actively Uber Eats matzo ball soup to my house (laughs) and no, I am not giving you my (laughs) home address i don't need you to inform me of that which i'm already aware and furthermore if i am hosting with a cold i am doing so from home and you are getting a free product it is public radio yes i know you you can donate to your local public radio station but you know 90 percent of (laughs) listeners do not i just made (gasps) up that statistic but i'm pretty sure it's true so appreciate what you're getting for free even if you're getting it with a little bit of a raspy cough and a little bit of congestion because i know that i am hosting with a cold and i don't need you to tell me i don't think so honey And that's that's one minute. Very well done. Do you get that? When you're hosting the podcast with a cold, do you get readers, Katie's publicist, commenting on your vocal "Mm, quality? You sound sick. Thanks. I was unaware. Appreciate the info. What
1: I got recently was it sounds like Matt Rogers has a cocaine problem. Rude.
4: <laughs> Actually, I do kind of appreciate that. I think that's kind of hilarious. <laughs> that's amazing.
1: And then I was like, I literally responded. I was like, I don't have a cocaine problem. Thank you very much. I have a cocaine then, solution. <laughs> yeah. Period. And then they were like, Oh, well, it sounds so. I guess you just have a habit that you're on top of then. And I was like, Wow, not you Dad. ever wow. get into these DMs again. I was like, I can't believe this. I was like, if you must know, I've been sobbing for months. That's why <laughs> I sound nasal. <laughs>
0: Cocaine. You don't need to say that.
1: Uh, it's so wild.
0: Uh, I felt like you two could probably relate to that. Oh, I definitely. Felt like, you you know,
1: absolutely. Yeah,
4: I'm aware. I am aware when I sound less than my best. And you're, y'all's noting it for me is not appreciated. Yeah. Also, you literally had... COVID 19. I literally had COVID 19 yeah, yeah, and was hosting from home. And when people were like, You sound like you
1: shouldn't be on the air, I was like, no shit. <laughs> you know, I guess I'm kind of like, I'm really happy that you didn't get COVID that day we were in boyfriend Aww, shirt in Mexico City. Too. I'm really happy you didn't get it, but that makes me feel like I have like dick COVID. Ooh. What does that mean? My COVID wasn't powerful. Oh, 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 I see. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 My COVID wasn't coming out of my body like that girl.
0: Mm. You're sad that you didn't give <laughs> someone else COVID.
1: I'm kidding, I'm kidding no, not Bowen. just someone else.
4: I mean, it would have bonded our friendship. It would have cemented
1: our meet cute story. That yeah. and then
4: after we went shopping together, we
1: got COVID. I know. I was like, I swear to I I know you have COVID now. I was like, cause I literally I think oh, I left. Yeah. I remember. And I getting started that text to feel awful, like right after and then took a test and i was like oh god i have to tell ari shapiro that i gave but him COVID. girl
4: nobody was surprised to get a text from you saying i have COVID. <laughs> we all know how that new year's that new year's trip went it's like yeah well <laughs> that's what comes we were of pretty it
1: pretty tame though honestly were we not on a but scale we were of like, what the to mescaleria. what the
0: mescaleria. oh that night we were pretty tame yeah 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 that's we were true tame we had lovely cocktails yeah. yeah. Some sushi. This was coming off of Omicron, though. This was like still Omicron was still kind of oh, yeah. in the air. It was the winter surge. It, yeah. It was that time.
1: Omicron yeah, era yeah, yeah. when that was when I guess uh, you know, one million people got it all at once. Yeah. You're mm. one in a million, Matt Rogers. You're one in a <laughs> million. <laughs> no, you are because you not only <laughs> survived I didn't get it. not only didn't contract COVID that day, but happened to be you and you've written this incredible book oh. and it's called the best strangers in the world and it's stories from a life spent listening which i think is beautiful thank you so much we absolutely loved it and we've loved having you
4: i have loved this conversation the best 90 minutes of this entire book tour that is
1: really hyperbolic <laughs> Name one person that this was more fun to do than talk to them. Uh, you, you expect <laughs> me to call them? Absolutely not. <laughs> this is absolutely not. We're messy here. I want you to name one person on the tour.
4: <laughs> I'm going to oh, just whisper kidding. it really quietly <laughs> so that only no, you can no, hear
1: no. it. Okay, I, no. Tell it after with your full throat. But wow, thank you so much. Pick
0: up the book, buy the audiobook. It's a really special one. You're not going to regret. I really was just like, well, what a gorgeous, enriching read. Saying, thank yeah. you. Everybody...
1: Check it out, and we and bon Yang and I we end every episode of with a song.
3: And it's true, the same way the body is blue I'm feeling the happiness, oh, it's a good cool
1: summer. You gave the thumbs up on his emoji, <laughs> and if you want to hear more of that, go see the Eras Tour. It's the first song. Bye,
3: bye, bye. bye. <laughs>
4: Follow the global story
2: from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.